0: Hey guys, and thanks for joining us. This is ID Sports. Today, we are going to talk about training camp in the age of Corona. We're going to talk about all the new uh, stuff that came up this week uh, that we know for sure when these guys are reporting, what, what the protocols are going to be. We're going to finish up our episode today with a little segment called We Expect, But I Believe, and we're going to talk about where we differ from the fantasy community at large. Thanks for watching, guys. This is ID Sports. So first things first, Mark, the OG is finally back in the house, uh, joining us after a long hiatus, long life of selling beer and getting married and having kids, and you're back. (laughs) Yep.
1: Uh, Sold a house, uh, moved in with in-laws for temporarily, bought a house, getting ready to have a kid, and all this while working uh, probably about... Anywhere between fifty and sixty hours a week,
0: uh, pushing beer in the time of coronavirus uh,
1: sounds like I'm sure that's on, a really man. tough.
0: Style nowadays. Uh, of course, as always, we got Steve in the house. Steve,
2: hey, how's it going? Good to be here. You know, I, I'm excited. We get we got some football going on. Let's talk about it.
1: That is the most important part right yes. now. We finally know that football's happening.
0: Well, within reason, um, there's a strict set of protocols. Today we're going to talk about training camp, about players reporting. So hopefully you guys enjoy it. Let's get started. We're going to jump right into it. So here's a letter from the NFLPA. So this week, uh, the 28th through the 31st, the NFL players are going to do virtual meetings and three days of COVID testing. The players must have negative results. Any player that tests negative uh, must quarantine and have negative uh, COVID results that follow up next up we have the acclimation period It's going to be august 3rd through the 11th during this period it's mostly about getting players acclimated the biggest takeaway is that the players will work in groups no larger than 15 capped at two hours a day players are mostly working with strength and conditioning conditioning coaches during that time Next phase of training camp will be about 90-minute practices. This is basically a week of walkthrough and integration practices. No pads. No pads will be happening during that time at all. Finally, the last part of training camp is going to be uh, worth mentioning that a maximum of 14 padded practices will be permitted for each team. So these guys will be playing in pads 14 times before the eventual league start. Now, we found out this week, that uh, there will be no preseason. Preseason football should be happening right now. I saw in my memories on Facebook, I was celebrating the start of the NFL season at this time last year. That will not be happening. We will be delayed until um, until the regular season, which I guess is is not a bad thing.
1: Yeah, I mean, for me, I think the craziest thing about this entire new training camp setup really has to be how much it's going to affect the incoming rookies,
0: mm-hmm.
1: especially the rookies that we were expecting to have that dynamic impact right away including someone that i'm sure we'll speak about a little bit later because he's affected by one of the major hold ou- or, oh, uh, yes but there were several rookies that we were expecting to either compete for that starting job or get it right off the bat mm-hmm. and now mm-hmm. all that's kind of thrown into question because for sure and not just that the teams much like our beloved giants uh the panthers all these teams that are supposed to be integrating all of these new offenses, new defensive schemes, anything along those lines.
0: New coach, new quarterback, it, new problems.
1: It, it is terrifying yeah. right now. You are one of those coaches looking at it going, this was supposed to be my impact. And I don't even know if I'm going to have a chance to really implement my system until Absolutely. halfway through the season.
0: On, on, on another side note, though, I'd like to say I've always said the NFL is stars and rookies. That's what it's a league of. If you're just an average veteran, you're kind of forgotten about. You're better than the depth chart. You're going to the glue factory. This is the year where you're going to see second and third and fourth year players who haven't yet made an impact on their team, really with another chance to step up. So while rookies may not be acclimated, it might be time. Maybe this is a little spoiler for a guy I have that I'm going to sell you guys on a little bit later. But uh, that is going to be for sure another chance for some of those second year guys to really prove it.
2: Mm-hmm. and I, th- I think the NFL and the players I think they found a good compromise that ensures the safety of the players but I would have liked to have seen them try to do some scrimmages with other teams and try to help with some of these camp battles that are going to be happening because I don't think that two straight weeks of padded practice are going to be enough and I and you know and I think that the first two two or three weeks of football especially on defense is going to be very sloppy I think we're to see a lot of missed tackles but you know what we'll ultimately we'll see what happens
0: absolutely Now, normally under normal circumstances you, you you think about it um you talk about not having enough time to see your players under normal circumstances in normal practice with four preseason games it still takes till week six yeah. seven or eight for the coach to finally make a right decision on some of these position battles so if you know one of these coaches that is just set in their ways sound to capitalize because you might have a little advantage there on what's going on now we talked a little bit about the coronavirus affecting players who chose to sit out. So we did make a little graph. We we didn't do anything. Steve made a little graphic here. It's a post. Let me see if that's going to show up on players. Notable opt-outs and the full opt-out list. This is changing every day. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. As we were recording, there have been 27 players who opted out of the season for various reasons. Some of our previous health concerns. um, If you look at Nate Solder, a cancer survivor from the New York Giants, he will not be playing. That is on him. There are other players who have wives or that are pregnant or young kids or older family members Mm -hmm. that they're helping take care of. So very interesting. uh, When we look at the number of players here so far, it's only going up. These are just the guys who have as as of this recording, let us know that they will not be playing in 2020. Uh, Steve, are there some notable players that you really want to uh, highlight today?
2: Yeah. um, You saw the, you saw the column on the left that there were, that there were seven notable players. Players who had who had opted out, and the ones that I wanted to make note of were wide receivers Marquise Goodwin and Devin Funchess, because they were big acquisitions for the Eagles and Packers, respectively. They helped bring depth and stuff like that. Chiefs O line um, is Doctor Laurent Duvernay-Tardif, and um, he's an offensive guard for for the Chiefs. And I can tell you he, a lot he, of work
0: to pronounce for that, and I respect that about you, Steve. Yeah,
2: and you mentioned Nate. Sol- um, it, You know, and Nate Solder was, you know, the Giants offensive line wasn't the best, but Nate Solder did help make it a little bit better. So that was a notable loss. You know, uh, the Patriots had the most opt outs so far with six players. But the two biggest ones were two big defensive players, Donta Hightower and Patrick Chung, Um, you know, because the Patriots, the Patriots defense was fantasy relevant for almost the entire season last year. Um, but the but just as I had finished making this graphic, um, we got the news that Damian Williams opted out for the season. Yeah, and yeah, that yeah, le- sure. it, and that leaves Clyde Edwards a lair as the clear front runner in the it's Chiefs back. Like ordered it myself. It's almost like I ordered that to happen yeah.
0: I willed that into being. <laughs> and,
2: and you know, the, the, the thing is is that Goodwin and Funches, they may not have been like notable uh, for for other reasons but for fantasy purposes you know Funches, he was going to compete for that number two job with alan lazard so you know that that's a that's a I'm big sure i was interested anyway in mm-hmm. Funches.
0: and uh, I, think we, I
2: think the fantasy community
0: broke up with devin funchus uh, we <laughs> had our We're shipping you off We're i think done. the more
1: interesting thing for some of these players like the uh damian williams and funchus Especially and to a lesser extent, Goodwin, some of these it's almost feeling like they're actually opting out of their NFL career, to be completely (laughs) honest. Yeah, that's fair. Especially in Damian Williams' case, if he takes this year off, takes a step back, and Clyde Edwards Alaire is everything that we think he is and he explodes, you think Damian Williams is going back into that job? No.
0: Absolutely not. Absolutely not. So
1: imagine how passionate you have to be about being able and taking a step back and looking out to protect yourself for sure to have to have that weighing on you. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> hey guys you're look, I mean yeah I, I don't know who needed more tape on Evan Funches but I am done with him so I'm okay with that. But we're gonna talk about uh some some really good topics today. Uh, our, our main segment is going to be called They Expect, But I Believe. This is where we're taking the fantasy consensus. And You guys know. You guys watch fantasy. You listen to the radio. These guys are just an echo chamber. They One guy has the thought. Everyone takes. Where are we different? Where are we trendsetters? And we're going to shoot over first to Mark on this one.
1: Yeah, so uh, mine might be a little bit of a uh, popular opinion, at least to a degree, because it centers around the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm actually kind of skeptic on the Buccaneers being able to take that step forward that everyone thinks they are, they were a offensive juggernaut last year. And I understand that people want to believe that Tom Brady, the goat going down to Tampa is only going to improve this situation. But in reality, I think that at least certainly for the top two wide receivers, Chris Godwin and uh, Mike Evans, I genuinely think that his arrival might actually spell a little bit of doom and cast a little bit of doubt on those players. Uh, Brady for a long time now hasn't really had that dedicated deep target. Not for not since uh, I can't even remember what last was Brandon Cooks, <laughs> Randy Randy Cooks. Moss, yeah, probably Brandon Cooks, but Randy Moss was the last really consistent one that he had. Uh, you know the guy. Brandon, Brandon Cooks
2: had twelve hundred yards that year. True, you're not
1: wrong. Uh, that was also years ago. Now at this point, and yeah. Brady is a much different quarterback. Uh, I think that the offense overall in Tampa Bay will take a step forward but I think that those ridiculous passing numbers that we saw from both of those wide receivers last year really was a product of the grip it and rip it system that James Winston was was doing
0: 30 touchdowns 30 interceptions now you know that's not going to happen again but I mean those stats interceptions actually kind of help. That that own team's wide receivers because now if you're down points, you're getting more passes later in the game. Like it's not a zero sum game. You can have a bad quarterback and have benefits of that. So 30 30 is not gonna happen. Uh, we know Tom Brady likes to, to control the football. He likes to be the game manager. Who knows if you can even throw the ball that far anymore? Because we haven't we literally haven't seen it. Um, I, I I do agree there, but I, I don't know. It, the, is the efficiency going to uh, outweigh the pure volume is, is the question we're asking.
1: The right. other side that I think that I have with this as well is especially with this shortened offseason that we discussed, there's one player on that team right now that he actually has a developed rapport with, and that's Rob Gronkowski. And you might not like it. You might not want it. I'm <laughs> personally not looking to pick him up into any draft myself, but when push comes to shove and he feels stressed in that pocket, which he very well might yeah. because it's not like, Tampa has gotten better on the offensive line. You that, take a, that's what stuns you me. You take a look at that, and there might be a lot of dump-offs to Bob Gronkowski for four yards, five yards, and in the end zone, I wouldn't be surprised if you start looking at him as that safety blanket for Tom Brady.
2: I would like to take this chance to remind everyone that Tom Brady, despite um, what other people were saying, he was consistently holding um, workouts with the team and and um that included chris godwin and mike evans so of course course you i'm a
0: little less worried about them because i think while it's going to be one of those situations where like maybe the receptions goes down but the yardage goes up maybe the touchdowns go up but the yardage goes down it's not gonna be the same it literally can't be the same situation but That doesn't mean there isn't value in those guys still. Certainly in keeper leagues, maybe they come off my tier, off my board a little slower than usual. Um, We're going to see how those affect our top 50 rankings heading forward. Okay, Mm, now, Um, I'll take the next one because this is something that I feel like I see so clearly and why does no one agree with me? That's the the 49ers, San Francisco 49ers. I think they're going to struggle to even make a playoff berth in 2020 i know this is very, very position. Ah. and i'm coming in hot and that that's absolutely fine uh, i see what happened last year as kind of an aberration they're a good football club but making it that far that's a cinderella story and there's something to be said about a cinderella story you know what that is when midnight happens guess what your stagecoach goes back to a pumping those mice <laughs> those around, anymore
2: anymore,
0: okay um and and in this case the buckner Huge loss at defensive tackle. He was getting double covered on most plays. That's going to affect the pass rush for this team a ton. They lost Matt Breida, one of the fastest players in the NFL. And now Mostert isn't happy. He wants a trade. There's some Tevin Coleman beef going on there about, you know, even not a personal beef, but like, why is he getting made money and I'm a better running back? And he <laughs> has the right to do that. He does have the right to do that. Debo Samuels, uh, he had a Liz Frank injury. He had surgery and, uh, uh, it wasn't it was, a Liz Frank.
2: Was, it wasn't Liz Frank. It w- it was just a fracture. Um, it was a broken bone, but it wasn't was, a Liz Frank. Right, right, right,
0: He was running a route. I'm thinking of Alshon Jeffrey just because I just wrote those notes. It was just a foot injury. Um, but he did have surgery, and he probably won't be ready by week one. And I've seen some fantasy doctors say that he may not be ready for like half the season. That's a very, very serious thing for for but who else do they have? Brandon Ayuk. I mean, this offense is going to be a mess i think they played at their absolute peak for 2019 they're going to regress in every position heading into next year every position i just think that, that defense,
1: <laughs> even with losing buckner i still think that defense was an elite core and you don't need an elite offense when you are holding your team to 10 points Yeah, but you can't not, not, not to mention
2: you, not to mention you, you so george hard. kittle
1: that, that's the bigger issue i He is the wide receiver one, and I think anyone who thinks otherwise is outside of their mind. That that's
2: all
0: said and good. I'm telling you, this 49ers team is not the powerhouse you think. Teams were figuring it out. If you look at, I mean, look at Jimmy Garoppolo. Not a good quarterback. He had uh three games with four touchdowns each last year. If you take those 12 touchdowns away over the uh, remaining what was 12 games, he threw 13 touchdowns and like 10 interceptions. So you got to look at all this stuff combined. The bigger
1: issue with not them yeah. potentially not making the playoffs, I'm not buying the they got exponentially worse as mm-hmm. much as the rest of that division got exponentially oh, absolutely. better. Absolutely, And mm-hmm. that is going to be the biggest roadblock for them making the playoffs. I don't think it,
0: they're not going to get in their own way. Well, if you didn't get better and everyone else did, guess what? You did get worse. <laughs> like, like my dictionary <laughs> definition. Um, right? Like, like, like but if but everyone they, else around you...
2: But they had a good so draft. Better. You know they had a good draft. They, uh, they, they, they drafted Clinlaw to replace Buckner. You know there, there's
0: tackle is going to get the job done as one of the best in the league. I mean, we got to move on. Steve, you got one for us, and we're going (laughs) to argue about this for a while. So let's throw that up next.
2: Okay, so. We expect the Packers to repeat as the NFC North um, champions because they have Aaron Rodgers as their quarterback. We expect them to be contenders to the NFC once again. However, I believe that the Packers will not only not repeat as NFC North champs, but they won't make the playoffs. Their big free agent pickup Devin Funches, is opting out for the season, but what did but what did they do to overall to improve their offense to help Rodgers? They drafted a first-round quarterback they didn't need and Rodgers made comments about that earlier this week. They drafted a running back they didn't need because they have Aaron Jones. This offense is basically going to feature a lot of the same names and same weapons that that got blown out in the NFC title game last year by the 49ers. And yes, I did mention Funches as a loss for this team because I saw several reports saying that Funches was going to compete with Lazard for the number two spot. And we've talked about this in the past, that yes, Rodgers doesn't behold to anyone, but we also know that the number two can have fantasy value. So now instead of it being a competition between Lazard and Funches, it's now between Lazard and Valdez Scantling, two players that massively underwhelmed last year. There is there there is just so much working against this team that I don't see how they'll repeat. I don't trust Matt LaFleur as a coach. I do, however, trust Mike Zimmer above all the other coaches in the NFC North, and I give the Vikings the best chance to win this division. And the Packers to go bye bye.
0: I agree. I don't think that's such a hot take. I think that's like pretty lukewarm. I mean, I see the same thing you see when I look at this roster. This wide receiver core is garbage. I'm waiting for Marquez Valdez Scantling. I'm waiting for Equanimee Saint Brown, and guess what? It's just not. It's just not happening. I feel like everyone's
1: been waiting on those two since they've been. <laughs> bl-
2: well, MVS, <laughs> yes, MVS. I I, I, I mean. Equinemeus got us a, a little bit of love last year, um, in, in terms of fantasy of hype, but but it was really but we were really expecting Geronimo Allison and Marquez Valdez Scantling, and both of them uh, both of them just underwhelmed.
0: A little bit of love doesn't put that money in my pocket, so I'm not really interested in that <laughs> at all. Let's uh, keep it moving. Uh, Mark, do you have another one? I do not. You do not have another one, so I'm going to go with my other one, and this is another hot take. I said, I said it it had to be times where we are against the fantasy community and I'm totally against the fantasy community. When it comes to one Baker Mayfield, people love knocking him for how bad his season was in 2020, but what they really should be knocking is how bad his season started last year in 2020 over the last nine games. He was quarterback nine in that stretch. Okay. In those nine weeks, 1,864 yards, 15 touchdowns, nine interceptions. That number's got to go down. That interceptions number, but overall, that was solid. Quarterback nine. He had to stop playing Hollywood. He had to stop at the commercials. I don't want to see him with the Swiffer uh, up and down the stadium stairs. I'm, I'm not <laughs> interested. I'm not interested. Hey, go watch some tape. Baker Mitchell is trying to sell you everything in the world under the sun last year. I don't want that. I want you to focus on football. Watch your tape. Very common sophomore slump. We've seen it all the time in every sport in every. Thing. Sure. in life. Sure. Um, you know, you do something well once and then you think it's easy. And guess what? Football's a tough sport. Let me tell you why this year for Baker is going to be closer to the second half of the season. Improved O-line. Jack Conklin from Tennessee. If you know offensive linemen, if you're watching the big boys, you know Jack Conklin is one of the elite tackles in the game. There was a counter up. I lost track around 12. He had at one point gone 12 games without allowing a sack on his side of the football. That is ridiculous. Most players can't even go 12 minutes without letting a sack go on their side of the football. (laughs) Let me talk about another one. Jedrick Willis, left tackle, one of the best O-linemen in the draft from Alabama. He's big for a tackle. Some people might think he might be a guard in the future, but he's going to protect the football. He's going to protect Baker Mayfield here. Um, Also, they have a new O-line coach, Bill Callahan, who's going to help bring it all together.
2: Well-respected. Over there
0: in Cleveland, Mm -hmm. for sure. Improved rep weapons. you got a full season of Kareem Hunt. His return in 2019 magically coincided with Baker's improvement. It's almost like that offense runs better with a pass catching back sometimes. Or Or the option. The option to have a pass catching back. OBJ is back to full health. Austin Hooper was signed. They made him one of the highest paid, I believe, the highest paid tight ends yeah. in the league. Let's not forget favorite target of mine, Jarvis Landry. The juice balling out, blessing him up and down the field. You have Stefanski and a head coach did a great job with Kirk Cousins in Minnesota. I'm sold.
2: I just want to I just want to say something real quick about Kareem Hunt. Um, there, there, I have been listening to some reports that kareem hunt has not has not only been in the running back room uh in meetings but he's also been in wide receiver meetings there there are reports that he's going to be doing a lot of slot work so um be prepared for a kareem hunt ppr season
1: hey and, and i'm i am all about that life kareem hunt <laughs> is just one of those players that you take a look at and when he's on the field there's magic that happens uh i'm excited to be able to see Setups where you have both Chubb and him in at the same time, and it should only improve this team as a whole.
0: Are you trying to sell me on? Uh, <laughs> are you trying to sell me on Baker Mayfield running the uh, wishbone? Uh, would, you be, <laughs> would you be surprised at all <laughs>
1: in the modern NFL? Would you be surprised
0: at all? No, no, I wouldn't. <laughs> I, I, I'm not interested. Though. They're going to they're line up in the pistol. <laughs> Could be okay. You got one last one for us here. Yes, a who So we are differ on the rest of the fantasy community
2: okay so darren waller a lot of talk has been about is he still going to be a top five tight end they just got all those uh, amazing weapons in in las vegas surely darren waller is going to see a smaller target share so we expect darren waller to regress but i believe that not only will Darren Waller still be a top five tight end, I believe that he will be the number one tight end in fantasy this year. And here's why we keep on talking about the difficulty that the rookies are going to have to acclimate to the offense. Henry Ruggs, Yeah, he has speed, but with, but without a lot of practice, how are they going to, how are they going to build a rapport? You know, KJ was a KJ Hamler or something like that, or Lynn Bowden, whoever it was yeah um oh they're they're gonna be great additions to the offense. oh oh look at that. they're rookies. they're gonna take time. but who has the trust of Derek Carr who was the who was one of the biggest recipients of Derek Carr's deep ball last year? It was none other than Darren Waller himself. he uh, we all know that when a quarterback needs a friend, they always go to their tight end and Darren Waller it, he got his money for a reason, and I believe that he will supplant Travis Kelsey and George Kittle as the number one tight end in fantasy.
1: The, that certainly is a spicy take for sure. Uh, I just don't know how Darren Waller is going to handle when he's double teamed because, like you said, those those wide receivers are certainly not proven in any way, shape, or form. I expect Darren Waller to see a lot of double teams, and his performance over the back half of last season is what has me worried when defenses started realizing that he's who the offense is running through, he started seeing a lot of those double coverages. His numbers and production went significantly down. And I think that the is biggest issue is not necessarily those rookie wide receivers coming in. It's actually going to be Josh Jacobs. I think that he's going to get a increased workload as far as in the passing game as well as uh, in the running game. I think he's going to see a lot more of those outlets and dump-offs uh, that you're expecting to go to Darren Waller, I think they'll split those, and he's not going to see the double coverage that Waller will. So that's why I think it could be a very difficult mountain for him to climb to be able to supplant those two at the top. I still expect him to be a very serviceable and a top-end tight end. I just have a hard time seeing him being able to get up to the very top.
0: Byer, I think about Byer, this Las Vegas, and it is ahead. still weird to say Las Vegas Raiders, I think the most that we are really missing out on seeing Antonio Brown living in Las Vegas, yes. I really feel oh, like that geez. could have been a reality show, even of, if, <laughs> and of itself. Um, and for that reason, I do have to mention with Darren Waller. Hopefully, man, we're all rooting for you. Just keep your nose clean. Uh, stay in the game. Um, you know, Las Vegas can be a wild place, and and it's gonna affect these players. You can't not. You see these players picking up chicken wings in the NBA bubble in in a gentlemen's club because <laughs> they can't stay out of lifestyle. He, he, he got Guy, no, 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 no.
2: He got an exemption to go to a friend's funeral in Atlanta, yeah. and it, and his friends took him to a strip club, and he claimed it was for the chicken wings. So the
1: good news is. Maybe yeah. they were great wings. I mean, that, that, that is absolutely trying to change the subject. So at least apparently- the casinos and most of the uh, issues in Vegas are currently closed. So that's one thing they got going for. Uh, uh,
2: apparently the, the chicken wings in that strip club were named after that NBA player. Apparently I, mean, I would too.
0: I mean, they might've been, but uh, Johnny, Johnny Menzel, obviously he knew <laughs> he, he was tweeting something about it, which is always great to hear. Uh, I think we're done. We are. We, we're, we're double shifting tonight. We're doing a lot of episodes to release over the next couple of weeks, but this one will be out in in short order. We hope you guys enjoyed. We're reviewing what what's going on with training camp. It's going to be starting soon, and where are we different from the fantasy community? Mark, thank you for joining us today. Steve, thank you for joining us today, guys. Always thank okay. you for watching. I eat Sports.